0: Thank you for having me, Elders. Um, I spoke to Mark this morning. It was wonderful chatting to him. And it's great to be here. I'm deeply concerned by this time in South Africa. I call it in COVID, in chaos, in crisis, in Christ. And it's been a hard time. But we should be thriving at this time, even if you've lost things. I got COVID. I got it from one of my dear friends. I got it with one of my dear friends in Cape Town. I went and had the injection. And then we got told he was sick, and then I got sick straight away, so I think we got it together, and he died, and I did his service. So it had a profound effect on my life, horrible time. And so you might have lost people, you might have lost businesses, you might have even lost relationships, but I want to say this is a time to turn to God, not to medicine, and not to psychologists and psychiatrists. Now, I've been to both in my personal capacity, and I've been on medication. And so if you are with a psychologist or you're on medication, I bring zero condemnation to you. You probably need it for this time. But I want to try and preach a gospel that's strong enough to hold us even in the most difficult times with zero condemnation on anybody who might be battling at this time. I was on antidepressants for a long time. I don't think I was depressed. I was just under enormous amount of pressure and it buckled me. But I want to preach today three things. Stand straight, suffer well, and stay close. Stand straight, suffer well, and stay close. And we're going to look at the book of Romans and Romans chapter 5. If I gave anybody some uh, counseling now, I'd say turn off News 24, delete your app, and read Romans 5 until it becomes part of your life, until it becomes a deep part of your life. It says therefore. Say "Therefore." therefore. So whenever you see the word therefore, you know there's a whole history that has gone before. And so that history that has gone before includes the wrath of God, The righteousness that comes by Christ, that God is crossed with bad people and He's also crossed with good people. So there's good news for bad people and bad news for good people. So you can't be good enough for God, you need Jesus. So the Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God and a righteousness from Christ gets revealed. Therefore, say therefore. therefore. So I don't believe in sin, I believe sin offends God and it hurts God, but we are sinners. And some of you would have sinned last night and some of you would have sinned this morning. And God wants to deal with our sin. He will judge sin, but we believe in Jesus. He, can, he judges Jesus. He doesn't judge us. We deal with our sin, but the judgment comes on Christ. You've got to understand that. Otherwise, we buckle over when times are hard or we enter into sin. And our job is to stand up straight. Amen? So let's read. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Say peace with God. Peace with God. We've got war wherever we read. Afghanistan, Syria turf wars, drug wars, your gang lords are getting shot all the time in Cape Town, and people get caught in the crossfire, we've got wars in our own hearts, we've got wars in our minds, we've got wars in our families, how many of you are looking forward to Christmas? You're about to enter a war zone, take your feet off the couch, no, I want you to, you mustn't, you can't, take, put in a glass, sit at the table, stand up, your manners are bad, we can't even get on with our own families, Amen? I remember we arriving at home and and, and going on holiday with my folks, and I couldn't get a a place to keep my dog in, 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 in Pretoria because dogs are like Jesus in Pretoria. They're like gods. And you put your dog in a hotel. And then if you don't book it like two years in advance, the dog hotels are full because people spend more money on their dogs than they do on missions. And so I couldn't get my dog. So I said to my dad, well, can I bring my dog down? He said, yes, but they've got a dog, and their dog wasn't a nice dog. Mine was a nice dog. My dog was called Big Boy. Theirs was called Rex. I mean Rex. Who calls the dog Rex? I mean, Big Boy is Big Boy. So as we arrive at the holiday now, we're going to have three weeks together. Awesome three weeks. Big Boy gets out and he just smashes Rex. And my dad says, your dog. And I said, your dog. And then Big Boy had to stay down the bottom in the garden the whole holiday. And Rex stayed inside and I didn't feel happy about it. And now the Bible says I have peace with God. Say, peace with God. And then that peace starts to work itself around. Starts to do this. You start to have more and more peace with people around you. When people come into your company, they leave with peace. Not with criticism, gossip. They start to get peace. Say, peace with God. Peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Say, stand. stand. You know what sin does? It buckles me over. Do you know what? Pressure does it buckles me over. If you say, how you do? I'm busy, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I'm running, I'm buckled, I'm over exhausted, I'm buckled over. Say stand. stand. Why don't you stand with me? Stand straight. Put your shoulders back. Put your eyes up. And say theologically. No, say theologically, theologically. I stand because of Christ. My circumstances might buckle me over. My finances might buckle me over. I might have lost something at this time, but I stand. So I stand. I stand. You see, friends, I've preached in this church. Boaz was a man of standing. He met Ruth who had no standing. By the end of the book, she stood up straight. And when they had intimacy, they produced a king that became the lineage of Christ. When we learn how to stand, we have intimacy with people around us, and we birth the kingdom of God. It starts breaking out around us. Amen? Say, I stand. Amen. And we rejoice. In the hope of the glory of God. Say rejoice. Rejoice. We rejoice in our position in Jesus. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. You may be seated, please. So we rejoice in our position, but we also rejoice in our suffering. I mean, it's not lacquer now, eh? Let's be honest. It's not lacquer. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. So is the church becoming more hopeful or less hopeful? I'm hanging around so many Christians that have lost hope. Because somehow they link what's going on in the world to God punishing us for something that we did wrong. God punished Jesus. He will never punish you. The things you are suffering now is not the punishment of God. It is character development. And God needs a character that can change the world. And so we have to turn our suffering into perseverance and our perseverance into character. Amen? God spoke to me in the beginning of the lockdown. I employed 200 people outside of the church in a business. And we had suffering. Suffering came. And I went before God and I opened up the scriptures. I said, God, what must I do? And he gave me Isaiah 61 and it says this, I, the Lord, am fair. Pay your salaries in full on time. And I thought, flip, God, that's going to be hard. Our business shut down for four months, and God said, you're going to suffer now. And when you suffer, you'll produce perseverance. Perseverance is the ability to make good decisions when you're under pressure. That's what perseverance is. You only take that with you, which is necessary. So if I gave you 20 kgs of gold and 20 liters of water, and I put you in a desert, we would all think, well, we can carry both for long enough because we're strong enough. Eventually, you'll put one down and think, this is the only thing I need to survive. And so what happens when tough times come, you get rid of some friendships, you get rid of some baggage, you get rid of some cars, you get rid of some assets, because you don't need all of that stuff to survive. And while God does that, He deals with your character. And so God is dealing with my character. Then our business started to go down because we, we, we're paying everybody salaries. Not one person said thank you to me. My accountant said to me, your dad would never do this. I said, but I'm not my dad. The bank manager said, this is stupid. I tried to raise a, 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 an overdraft. I couldn't do that. And so I'm busy battling. And, 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 I'm, and then as lockdown ends and the overdrafts about to kick in, our business starts to, starts to just get itself out out and we managed to trade our way out and then, and then the crisis hits and riots take place and everybody says, how's your business? And I've got a little hotel and the police booked my whole hotel out and so I've got the highest occupancy of any protea hotel in South Africa because the police booked it out and I had my own secret security force at my business. Why? Because perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us. So just hang in. Keep doing what God calls you to do. Keep hanging in. Amen? Amen? Part three. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out. Say poured out. poured out. Not little bits. Poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. While we are still powerless... Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. My list of people that I will die for is very short. Unbelievably short. I don't have a long list of people I'll die for. So if you ask me, will you die for me, Rory? The answer is no. (laughs) Jesus died for you. My wife said to me in the Kruger Park, if a lion attacked us, would you protect me? I said, my darling, if you can keep up, of course. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if He did that while we were still sinners, now that we're saved, what do you think He'll do for us? And we're panicking about COVID and about our businesses and about our churches. We built this unbelievable fancy building, and everybody wrote to me and said, Oh, you've missed it. Everyone's going online. Churches are going smaller. I went and sat in the church. I felt God say, Are you happy for me to meet here by myself for a year? I said, yes, Lord. He said, then stop panicking. I'll just blow through this auditorium for a year, this massive investment. Let me just meet you. I'll blow in the grass and I'll prepare it for my own presence. Thank you, Lord. Stop panicking. We're not yet to pay the bills. I don't have an accountant in heaven. I don't have an economist in heaven. I have a father in heaven. He's perfectly in charge of my life and your life. Since we have been justified by his blood, how much more, say how much more, Shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more? Say how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice. Say, rejoice. We rejoice in our position, we rejoice in our suffering, and we rejoice in God. Actually, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now say now received reconciliation. Let me let let me read this to you as a prayer. We have credited righteousness, justified faith, peace, Lord Jesus Christ in capital letters, access faith, grace, stand, rejoice, hope, glory of God, rejoice, character, hope, not ashamed, not disappointed, poured out, love, Holy Spirit, given us, right time, Christ died, justified, how much more, saved, reconciled, how much more, saved, rejoice, Lord Christ now received reconciliation. Say, so i received receive that. But it starts like this, therefore, say therefore. So something's gone before, come Mr. David, you're the man. You're the man. Now this looks funny, but don't let the Ku Klux Klan rob what the Bible says. So this is not a Ku Klux Klan member. This is what the Bible says about theology at difficult times. It says, you can take a picture and never ever forget this photograph. It says, therefore, that I have been credited With righteousness. Say credited. Credited. I have been credited with righteousness. That credit always outweighs my debit. Always outweighs my debit. So when I sin, where do I sin? I don't sin on top of this, I sin underneath this. I sin here. So when God looks at me, all he sees is Jesus. It's all he sees. Just sees Jesus. So, so, so when I have too much to drink, I don't put a w- red wine stain here and, and then try and put salt on it because that's what you do with red wine and you try and get the salt out and then you get the handy-andy and, and, and then you try and get the handy-andy out and you think, oh flip, it doesn't look great for Sunday. So what I'll do is I'll just hide it around there. No, you, you sin underneath there. Does God want you to get drunk? No. But some of you do. So how are you going to break it? We've just seen the lawlessness in our nation. We've seen the uprisings. We saw the riots. We saw the looting. One of my friends said to me, I'm so angry at the looters. I said, oh, great. Let me ask you this very question. Why are you angry? He said, I don't know. It's just like anarchy. I said, listen to me. Did you sleep with your wife before you got married? He said, yes. I said, that's looting, but that body belongs to Jesus. And for eight years, you looted that body and enjoyed the benefits of that body. So before you jump up on your high horse and say you don't like looters, just remember this. You're a looter yourself and you need Jesus desperately. Amen? And so what we did when the looters took place because we couldn't control them, is we sent in the police. And the police, because they were strategic, they, they were running all over the place, and they did it very strategic. They blocked this and blocked that. The police couldn't get there. So then we sent in the army. And what the army did is they bought the big guns, and we chased the looters all the way back into their shacks and homes, we dealt with a problem. They haven't dealt with the problem. The problem is the heart. They're just stopping looting because they've got a gun pointed at their head. How do you deal with porno? I'll put you in a corner, and if you misbehave, I'll shoot you stone dead with the law. Or, I can stand in the righteousness of Christ. I can stand in the righteousness of Christ. And I can draw, when I sin, I can draw on the credit to deal with my debit. Does that make sense? this is the most liberating message you'll ever hear because it sets me completely free. So when you sin, you can't link it to punishment. If you watched porn last night and you crashed your car today, you can't link them. You're not linked. You might have just been stupid and hit the curb. Jesus was punished by His Father so that you and I never buckle under the punishment of heaven, but learn how to live under the grace of God. Amen? Amen. And I believe in repentance, and I believe in holiness, and I don't believe in sin, but this is the only way we can deal with it. Thanks, Dave. My wife... Her dad was murdered when she was young. So she had two choices. She could either just go down the victim road of I don't have a dad and so I'll do my bit or she can actually decide to suffer and persevere. And and so she got a little flat in Durban and she got a job and she used to catch a bus to town and then from town she used to catch a bus to the restaurant and then from the restaurant at 12 o'clock at night she'd catch a bus back to town and then she would catch a bus. You see friends... In the Christian faith, the most influential person in the whole world is Jesus, and he became influential by his suffering. So you've got to know we cannot avoid suffering. And what happens as parents is because we've suffered ourselves financially or whatever, we put protective mechanisms in place for our children, which we think is protecting them. It's actually completely exposing them. You've got to be careful. The suffering produces character, and character produces hope, and hope never disappoints us. Amen? Amen. But let's talk about reconciliation. Say reconciled, reconciled. now, now. now. To, God. to God. Later on, it says, There's now, therefore, now ne- therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ, and nothing can separate me. Say nothing. Nothing, nothing. nothing can separate me. Say nothing. 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 I preached last week in our church on a very long um, Greek word. In English, it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Long word. But it's such a long Greek word that I couldn't understand it. So what I said, I said, I don't understand this Greek word, but it says when sin abounds, grace much more abounds. That's one Greek word that means grace is supernatural, extravagant, over the top, multifaceted. You just can't understand it because you don't realize that if you sin, God is greater. Wherever Adam goes, there's thorns. That's what the next part of the scripture, wherever Adam goes, there's thorns. Wherever Jesus goes, the thorns got stuck into his head and the blood started to pour down. It poured down his eyes, anything you've seen. It poured over his nose, anything you smelt, It poured over his mouth, anything you've said. It poured over his chest, anything you felt. It poured over his sexual organs, anywhere you've committed sin. It poured over his feet, it poured down his hands, anything you've done or anywhere you've walked, the grace of God flowed over Jesus to every broken part of your body, so we are not in Adam, we are in Christ. And we are reconciled to God. Amen? And I finished preaching and this professor walked up to me, I didn't know, he said, hello Rory, my name is Tasso. I said, oh, Tasso, Greek man, like Anastasio. He said, yes, you know what it means. I said, yeah, the resurrection. He says, I'm the professor of Greek at Unisa University. I said, let me explain that word to you. And he started to talk to me, and I thought, God took an English guy from Durban, reconciled him to God, and put him in a church in Pretoria, and he took an Afrikaans Greek man, and also put him in the church in Pretoria to explain to me the Greeks so that we could understand God better and and. And he said that word was invented by Paul. It's only used twice in the whole of Greek literature. One in Romans chapter 5 and one in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He said it is such an extravagant word you can't understand it. But he said if we start to preach that word we'll change people's lives. A woman walked up to me at church last week. Week before I preached on grace. I went home and I bit some biltong and I cracked my tooth. Getting old. You know how the maxillofacial surgeons work? They work like this. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 95, 100. Money when you sit in their chair. <laughs> and from 100 it goes 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, It sounds like auctioneers. By the time you open your mouth, your medical aid's gone. <laughs> that scheme's finished. And then they ask you questions. How many children have you got? It's like, I don't want to know your questions, buddy. Just get my tooth out. 8,000 rand, one tooth. So I, said, I just said, Lord, I pay, I pay for a lot of people's teeth to get fixed. I put braces on any time. I've got three or four people around the country, normally baristas or waiters, that I'm fixing their teeth. So I, just, I said, Lord, can you pay for my tooth? And the only person I told was my sister. You know, faith without hints is dead. (laughs) So so I get this this 10,000 rand in my bank account. Love BJ. My sister's name is Belinda Jane. Love BJ. 10,000 rand. She's a teacher. Her daughter's about to have a baby. She doesn't have a lot of money. But somehow God put it in her heart to pay for my tooth. So I preached about it. Just preached. A lady walked up to me and said, hello, Rory, I got saved in your church last week. It's the first time I've ever heard grace. I've been sitting at the end of a barrel, double barrel gun under the law, and for the first time I heard freedom, and I gave my life to Jesus. But on Wednesday, I cracked my tooth. On Thursday, I went to the maxillofacial surgeon, and on Friday, somebody put 10,000 rand in my bank account. How does that work? I said, you know how it works, ma'am. God is showing you that I've served Him for 30 years, and you've served Him for one week, but we're equal. We're equal. You have been reconciled to the same God that I've been reconciled to, ma'am. You don't have to jump through 30 years of hoops. You and I have got equal access to our Father in Heaven. Look after us, ma'am. She said, "Is that that's too good to be true. I said, it is too good to be true, but it is true. Amen? Amen. I preached at the Hillsong Men's Conference yesterday, not to say that's what I did, but it doesn't matter how famous the church or how hotshot the church or how amazing the church. People still need to be reconciled to God, and particularly Father. And the Bible says, I have now been reconciled to God. And I rejoice in my reconciliation and my suffering and my standing. And so it doesn't matter what gets thrown at me. I can rejoice in God. And even yesterday, you can ask, these are my... Mates who are traveling with me, the architects of our building, these men just lined up here, big strong men just weeping as they're being reconciled to God. I was in a coffee shop in Pretoria called Plato the other day. I was reading my Bible and a man walked past and he said, a funny book to read in public. (laughs) He might as well sign a letter that said, I have just signed the next hour and a half away to Rory Dyer, who's going to blast me out of the water. I have made the biggest mistake of my life, and I have met the maraudering father who is going to annihilate my dumb theology. I said, really? I said, have you ever read it? He says, no, I hate it. I said, amazing. Never read it. Hate it. Awesome. I said, but if you'd explained it in one sentence, what would it be? He said, um, if I don't believe in Jesus, I'll go to hell. I said, actually, that's true. <laughs> it's of percent tree. Hell. I said, but if I read it, and I have been for 30 years, and I explained it to you in one word, that word would be father. And he started to weep. And I said, Bet you had a tough dad, eh? And he started to cry. I said, I tell you what, I bet you were born illegitimately. And he just broke down. He said, how do you know that? I said, because I've been sent on a mission to go to strategic points in my city to reconcile people who don't know God back to him. And Then he sat on the stairs and he cried his heart out. Then eventually he sat at the table And then we started reading. I said, let's read Psalm 139. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in my mother's womb. Every day ordained for me was written in your book before one of them came to be. I said, read this. (laughs) I said, you know, the moment your mom got impregnated, God started to weave a DNA together. Started to weave a DNA. It's going to change the world. And my job is just to reconcile you so you can stand up straight, put your shoulders back, and never look down again. Amen? Amen. I preached that story. The next week I went to the coffee shop. I walked in there and a couple said, are you Rory Dyer from 3C? I said, yes. They said, we heard your story online. We joined your church online. We thought we would never ever get an appointment with you. So we asked God what time we should come to this coffee shop so we could meet with you. (laughs) I said, unbelievable, man. <laughs> I sat down there for an hour and a half. said, this is what you are on about. This is what you do. This is what we believe in. They said, thank you so much. It's been so inspirational to, to know what you're on about. I went back there two days later, and Afrikaans guy was paying. I love Afrikaans people. God sent me to Pretoria to bless Afrikaans people. All Afrikaans, I went up there. I said, um, ek wil for your betale, I, said I said, I want your coffee to pay, please. I said, I "Ek your ear eer, um. He said, are you Rory Dyer from 3 <laughs> I said, yes, actually I am. So he said, no, I saw you on TV. You were preaching about meeting a guy. I said, this is actually my son's coffee shop. I paid for it. And when we dedicated it, we dedicated to the glory of God that men would meet Christ on this stoop. God is busy reconciling people to God. Busy reconciling people to God. So we had to build a building in the middle of lockdown. 85 million rand in an economic crisis, and I'm not a very good money raiser. I don't like taking money from people. So God spoke to us, and uh, I thought I'd get 15 million rand in the first offering because I'm such a good luck, inspirational guy. I know to hear God, and we've got 50 grand. And so I cried for two days, repented, and said to Mel, let's go back to Durban. And God said, just give everything away. So for 22 months, I never earned a salary. I gave my car away and I walked and God started to speak to me about His provision. And these four number plates came up. This is just the day before lockdown. These four cars in Johannesburg were parked next to each other. Next one, please. And the next one. And the next one. And God said to me, He took me to the Scriptures and He said, go and read Psalm 46. And in Psalm 46 it says, Be still and know that I am God. I said, what does that mean? God said, you're not going to build a building project. You're just going to be with me. And every time you want to go into activity, you must just be still and know that I am God. And that business which is going to shut down for four months, you're going to pay the salaries. Be still and know that I am God. Stay reconciled because nothing will separate you from the love of God. And the only way we get unreconciled is when we pull away because God doesn't. And at the end of last year, I panicked. I said, God, this doesn't seem to be working that well. You just need to give me a reminder. I was driving to Johannesburg, and a car came across three lanes of traffic. (laughs) And I had to grab my phone and take photographs. You're not allowed to do that, but I did. And God said, be still and know that I am God. So we had 600,000 rand left, and God said, you must give it away to an Afrikaans church that you have no relationship with. And we had to pay 8 million rand before the end of last year. And I said, God, but if, if we give 600, then uh, it's like, you know, planning. I thought maybe i raise a bond and do this. this, this. Well, 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 our relationship manager from the church phoned me and said, um, we're not giving you money. I said, what is your job? He said, um, I'm the relationship manager. And I said, and who do you think your relationship is with? He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm the relationship, bro. I've never met you. But now I'm cross. But God says, just be still and know that I'm God. So we gave the 600,000 rand away, and I, had ga- I went on holiday. Because I thought whether they arrest me in Pretoria and George makes no difference. <laughs> so I rented a golf cart. And my son said to me, Dad, look what you've rented. And God said, be still and know that I'm God and enjoy your golf because I'm in charge of your building project. And three days later, we still didn't have any money. So I phoned a friend of mine from Muscle Bay and said, come and play golf with me. And when we got to the halfway mark, our building guy sent me a picture, this picture. That's not sushi or candles. That's Kruger Rands in piles of 15. That's 6 million Rand. A single girl in a polo golf with a mask on, drove into our property. She said, don't ask me my name, don't ask me my telephone number, and don't try and follow me up. But I woke up this morning, and God told me you need money. So I came to drop it off, and then she got in her car, and she drove away. She said, in 1975, my father started collecting gold for a church that pleases God. 1975, our church started in 1996. In 2021, 45 years later, she wakes up one day and says, that church pleases God. This church pleases God. You, young man, worship leader, please God. You, drummer man, you please God. You, architect, you please God. You, Michael, you please God. You guys, you please God. Your family, you please God. This church pleases God. Quinton, you please God. Michael, you please God. You just have to stay reconciled to the father, the provider, the carer, the shepherd, the lover, the gracious God, the psychologist, the psychiatrist. you just got to stay close. It'll keep you standing up straight. You'll be able to handle suffering without throwing your toys out the cot. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm roaring theology over you. I came back to sell the gold Kruger coins, and on the way to sell the Kruger coins, my name's Rory Dyer. Just be still and know that I'm God, Rory Dyer. And the guy who bought the gold, Mr. Kruger was his name, that's the number plate of his car. I just dubbed the other part out so it's not numbers, it was letters. Just so you don't, I don't want really to know who he is. And then we were driving home and our building company is called Fundalinda Fenter. And they phoned and said, you owe us money. So we were driving home and said, just be still and know that I'm God, Fundalinda Fenter. It'll be okay. And I showed this to the elders and they all thought I'm a nutcase. So I said, God, will you please confirm it to me? So I went to pick my boys up from golf and those two cars were parted next to each other. And so we built an 85 million rand building project in the middle of COVID. And I you know how? We received it from God. I received the robe of righteousness. I received His grace. I received His love. I received the building. I received my redemption. I've received my reconciliation. I've received it. The top finance guy in this nation Works for a company called PSG. He's an economist and he looks after our family affairs. He thinks I'm a nutcase. He thinks I'm a nutcase. He liked my dad, but since I've taken over the business, he thinks I'm a bit cooked. Because I preach grace and righteousness and sowing and reaping and he thinks I'm a bit mad. And I've been dealing with him for eight years and he thinks I'm a bit mad. But he watched this building go up while all his finances were going down. You know where he's been the last six weeks? Sitting in our church listening to my preaching because I'm mad or I'm right the righteousness of Christ that has been credited to your account is enough to deal with any circumstance in your life so you can stand strong handle suffering and not panic when you're under pressure God bless you Amen